Have you ever wondered what happened to the legendary Chuck Norris? I recently saw a health video he made and I was surprised. He's in his 80s and still seems to have his energy and health. He says he's even stronger, has more stamina, and plenty of energy left over for his grandkids since making one simple health change that helps his digestion and nutrition. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife made the same change and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger and she has energy all day. Many of us do not include the fruits, vegetables, and other herbs that increase health and energy in our own diets. Chuck Norris made a special video that explains how he incorporated these things with one simple product. You can watch it by going to mymorningkick.com forward slash Harris. It may change your approach to your own health. Once again, that's mymorningkick.com forward slash Harris. Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. This is going to be a short episode. I want to share with you a clip that I saw the other day from Matt Walsh, who is a commentator on, at the Daily Wire. And uh, I don't know how I stumbled across this. Somehow I saw this clip, though, and I thought I got to share this with everyone because it illustrates so well something that I talked about a few months ago when I was evaluating Carl Truman's book, The Rise and Fall of the Modern Self. And it illustrates why I think Truman is actually wrong in his analysis of what's going on. So we're going to get to that. But uh, before we get to that, I want to share with you very briefly a sponsor for this particular podcast. They're a new sponsor, uh, and that is Covenant Academy Online. Covenant Academy Online. You can go to their website at covenantacademyonline.com and check out all the classes they have. Now, these are classes for homeschoolers or if your uh, child is in a private school, perhaps, and or you run a private school more uh, likely, uh, this is the kind of thing you could take advantage of. This is all on a voluntary tuition basis. So these don't actually technically have a price tag. There's no tuition cost. And uh, they can have two uh, classes a week in various subjects. Uh, in And really, this goes from elementary school all the way to high school. Uh, I uh, it's uh, for grades fourth through 12th. And if you look at their actual classes, um, if you get an account there, you can look at their catalog and there's so many of them. Uh, let's say that you have a 10th grader. So I'll click on the 10th grade and you want to teach them economics. Well, there's a class for that. And if they take this class, they will have access to an instructor where they can email and get questions answered. Report, report cards are issued, grading is done. I mean, this is this is a really great way to um, to help assist you if you're short on time for educating your children, especially if you're homeschooled. Uh, this is if you do decide to donate, which I would suggest it is a tax. Uh, it is not tax deductible, um, but it is a voluntary contribution. So uh, there is limited availability for live online classes. You can uh, go to the website, uh, covenantacademyonline.com to find out more information. The email address to contact them to get into one of these classes is right there on the website. All right, well, let's, let's now uh, talk about this video that I saw, and I'll explain to you why I think this is so significant. So here it is. It's Matt Walsh at a university talking to someone who 
is a man who thinks they're a woman? Uh, I'm transgender. I'm born and raised here in New Mexico. I have a graduate degree in information technology, marketing, business, and finance. Uh, I own my own home. I pay taxes. I have a six-figure job. I'm a respected professional in Albuquerque. Uh, I'm a mother. Uh, my life experience is that I'm an awesome person. I am well-liked. Uh, I'm responsible, and I think I'm pretty cool. Uh, you touched on something. You said something earlier that for you and some... I want you to notice something and see how often this comes up. My life experience is that I'm all these things. Just take note of that. Somebody calls you a man, it doesn't phase you because, like, you just know that you're a man. Uh, that was interesting to me because I feel the same way about my identity as a woman. My question leading up to this, you've asserted that no one would ever see me as a woman, that nobody would ever see or could see a transgender person as a woman, and yet I have dozens of friends from diverse backgrounds Women from the reservation, a woman from Japan, uh, several immigrant women. I have my coworkers, I have my boss, my VP, my CEO, all respecting me as a woman, uh, my family, my long-term friends who are actually here with me. Uh, Notice the variety of people that he's pulling from. So there's a diversity argument here that, look, all these people that have intersectional scores and they come from all these different perspectives, they can all see that I'm a woman, right? So where's the proof that this person is in fact a woman? It's, we've heard experience, and then what? Other people's opinions, their experience. All of these people assure me, like, I'm a woman. They'll tell me, girl, like, there is no way you are a man. They why see you, me as a woman. Why? So the question, okay. how can you assert that nobody would ever see me as a woman when my material experience tells me you're wrong? Okay. It's okay, so this is, and I think Matt Walsh responds to this in, in a good way, but this is the crux of it. My material experience tells me that I'm a woman. All these people in my life verify that I'm a woman. Uh, I, this is how I experience the world is really what's going on here. Now, wh why does that, maybe we'll, we'll come back to this and play some more, but let me just give you some commentary and why I, I thought of this. What does Carl Truman do in his book, Rise and Fall of the Modern Self, or Rise and Triumph, rather, of the Modern Self? Um, he says, he actually brings this phrase up a few times in the book where he says, uh, I am a... Uh, how do you make sense of the, the statement, I am a man trapped in a woman's body? He brings that up a few times, this idea of being trapped. And that was my first clue that I didn't think Truman's analysis was correct because I thought, I don't ever hear that. You know, that's usually, that's a conservative critique sometimes. Like, that's how um, older conservatives especially view people who pretend to be another gender, that 
they, that's how they rationalize it. They, they must think that they're, they're a split self. Like there's their, the true self is not reflected by their biology. It's deep within, but that's actually not how transgender pe people who think they're transgender think about this primarily. They, they think of it in different terms. They, they wouldn't ever say I am a woman trapped in a man's body or I'm a man trapped in a woman's body. I'm not saying no one's ever said that, but I'm saying in general, especially today, that's not what you hear. What they say is that I am a woman. It's what this person's saying. I am a woman. There's no trapped anything. There's no, it, it's biology that, that, that it doesn't, that's irrelevant. Uh, it's what's, what's relevant is experience, how I experience the world, my viewpoint, the viewpoints of others. Those are the things that determine whether or not you're a woman or a man. It's a social construct. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what Carl Truman, his analysis is exactly off on this. Um, he says, uh, th this is not like a gotcha quote or anything. This is just the, the basic argument he's making in his book. He says this uh, in the book, the idea that we can be who or whatever we want to be is a com commonplace today. Consumerism or late capitalism fuels this notion with its message of the customer as king of the goods we consume as being basic to who we are. Now, I'll stop there. That's not exactly true. You can't be whatever you want to be. You can be who you are, who your experience says that you can be. That's the guiding light, if you will. It's your experience. So, no, you can't be anyone. Um, you. That's why uh, I know conservatives, and it's fun to joke about this, like, we'll say, like, oh, I'm going to self-identify as a woman today so I can get... A, B, or C discount. Like it's not accepted by the left. And we wonder, well, hey, why aren't you accepting it? Because you the reason is is because you have to show, you have to demonstrate that there that you've been accepted into society in that way. That this is you part of your experience. It's part of the way you experience the world. It's part of the way others are experiencing the, the world, uh, experiencing you in the world. And so it's that interaction that forces businesses and government institutions to refer to you by preferred pronouns and all of that. It's not because you uh, are able to arbitrarily just decide what you want. Now, we know that that's kind of what's going on in, in a way. Like we know that people are, that is, it is arbitrary. It's not based on anything concrete, but they're, they are deceiving themselves into thinking that experience uh, is necessarily concrete. This experience of feeling like, like you're a woman or something. Okay, he says this, commercials communicate this message in the way that we present particular products as the key to happiness or life improvement. You have the power to transform yourself by the mere swipe of a credit card. The possession of this thing, that car, that kitten, that item of clothing will make you different, a better, more fulfilled person, underwritten by easy credit, consumer self-creation is the order of the day. So he, he, this is a critique against, I guess, what the, the blessings the free market have brought us. Uh, th that's what this is. This is a critique from the left. Carl Truman, read his book, Republicrat. He is not a conservative. Uh, and I'm saying politically conservative. And uh, I'm also saying that this also gets into his theology to some extent. Not saying he's not orthodox in uh, his his basic understandings of God and and so forth. I, I, I you know have no reason to believe he's not. But it his analysis is messed up by some of the uh, political leftism that he's imbibed. And in this case, he's, he's so off the mark. And I think it's, it's interesting with, with his book, it was universally reviewed and universally praised pretty much universally reviewed, universally praised. 
And I know of pastors, conservative pastors who are just, you know, using Carl Truman's book and stuff. And I'm not saying there's nothing to glean from it because I think there are things to glean from it, but this is the basic critique he, he makes. And it's just not exactly what's happening at all. And that's um, what I wanted to share with you. Cause I, at the time that I did this, I was just kind of spitballing. But now when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's a good high quality representation of what I'm talking about. Now this also plays into uh, that the whole argument that Baptists are, are the, the people that are bringing in transgenderism. It's Baptist because they uh, somehow they believe in, in making this choice that you can, I guess, choose to be in the, in, in an Arminian way into the covenant uh, of God. And, and then, and so Presbyterians aren't responsible for transgenderism. It's Baptist. I know that was a controversy a few months ago. It's all based on Truman's understanding though. Like, I'm not saying they're getting it from Truman, the people who advocate that, but I'm saying it's, it's, it's the same analysis. It's this idea that it's your, it's individualism. It's your uh, hyper individualism thinking that you're, uh, that you have the power to define yourself. However you choose to define yourself is the problem when it's really not the people who are experiencing transgenderism in their minds are people who they don't think that they have that arbitrary power just to willy nilly decide what what they are. They think they have to first have an experience, a set of experiences, actually. And they need to be generally they need to be confirmed by other people in that community or other people who also uh, share, also affirm that because that's part of the social construct thing. That's why it's so important for them to get societal recognition of this. It wouldn't be important for them to get societal recognition as much if they everyone thought well you can just define yourself and that's fine like that wouldn't like if someone just wanted to define themselves as a woman or a man or 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 whatever um and go through life that way it wouldn't be as big of a deal it uh they wouldn't what i guess what i'm trying to say is they wouldn't have to use the opinions of others to affirm their identity if they thought it was rooted in just their personal choice that's what i'm trying to say Right. So the fact that they need the opinion of others, the approval of others in order to justify their identity means laws are put into place. Policies are made. You have no option but to also affirm that person's experience. Right. So it's part of the truth suppression going on. So um, I think uh, let's just play a little more of this. Matt Walsh, I think, uh, somewhat hits it out of the park in his answer here. Let's just play that. Interesting that that's the part of my talk you chose to ask a question about because that's not in my talk at all. Um, I don't believe I said that no one would ever see you as a woman. I mean, it's possible, I suppose, that you could fool someone. Now, you brought this up, so I have to tell you that I, you brought this up. You've, you've put your identity on the table for conversation. And so I'm going to say you, you wouldn't fool me at all. I mean, I see a man 100 um, percent, and I think that most people would. Now, the, the, fact, the fact that you have people in your life who are saying to you, oh, you're totally a woman, that's exactly what I'm talking about. No one in my life has ever once said to me, you're totally a man, Matt. You know, if, my, if, 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 if a friend of mine called me on the phone and said, listen, Matt, I want you to know you're really a man, I would think that there was something wrong with him. I would say, why are you saying that at all? It doesn't make any sense. So the fact that this is a conversation to begin with tells me it only, it only proves the point that I'm trying to make, that, the, that your identity, even in your own mind, is up for, is something that you need to be assured of. Now, what I, what I would like to ask you, again, because you're standing here, and, and so 
Uh, you've brought your identity on the table for discussion. So uh, how did you, how do you know that you're a woman? Uh, it was first when I heard transgender persons describe their experience in their own words. And this was only about two years ago. Uh, hearing somebody describe things, it was a woman from like England describing her experience, her childhood, uh, her teenage years. And it blew my mind to be listening to her because it was just some podcast that I was listening to while I was like doing laundry. But it blew my mind to hear somebody so eloquently and precisely describe things that I had experiences what that was I had experienced. What did they say? Um, okay. So <sighs> I am honestly hesitant. I know that you touched earlier about the difficulty that transgender women might have in describing their identity, but I want to state I honestly don't feel that you would engage in this conversation in good faith. But why are and you here? So why did you stand up to talk to me if you don't want to have a conversation? All right. I have to land the plane, but uh, you can go online and watch this more. Maybe I'll uh, try to get the link in the info section. The, the, the point I wanted to make is that it was all experience. This particular confused individual, it was, it was for them all experience that determined who they were. It wasn't a... A, a consumeristic choice of like, well, it would be preferable to, to be that. Uh, and therefore I'm making a conscious choice to be that. And my choice determines who I am. No, it's, it's a discovery of who they think they are based upon their experience. That's what's going on. And gender and sex, uh, and race and all these things are now, um, well, social constructs. They're, uh, they're determined by the way that you experience the world in society. And that's what I think Carl Truman's, uh, that's what, that's why I, I don't recommend his book because I just, I think he misses that. Um, and I think Matt Walsh was right to approach it the way he did by trying to, to, to first appeal to the fact that, uh, that, that the ma majority opinion, uh, and he probably should have camped there a little bit, but majority opinion, how does that determine who you are? Is that really what we metaphysically base someone's or, or ontologically base someone's um, existence in? We, we know what they are in essence because of the because of what people say about that person and because of how they experience supposedly the world. I mean, that that's I think and we need to probably think more about how to approach this there, there really hasn't been a lot of resources put out there on it because people are busy uh imbibing the nonsense that this is simply just an arbitrary consumeristic choice and it's not it's that's not really what's going on so I uh, hope that was helpful for some of you it's more of a critique than an actual solution but I have to go I don't have a lot of time uh maybe this is something we'll talk about more uh, in this, I, I'm writing a book right now where I'm touching on some of these things. And, um, and, and I think that one of the things I do actually agree with Carl Truman on, uh, to some extent, I suppose, is getting back to natural revelation, uh, that there is a, a natural law that God has placed down and arguing from definition and principle rather than arguing from, uh, pragmatic concerns uh, which is how often these things, uh, what, what happens with these things.
Um, so arguing from the definition that he made them male and female uh, from the beginning, and we all know this, but we suppress it and not budging on that definition. And uh, just, uh, and that may seem um, like it's it's not meeting them halfway or it's not neutral enough or something, but it, it's just the truth. And so I think Matt Walsh, if you watch the rest of the video, I think he does a pretty decent job at trying to do um, just that. But try, but anyway, the, the, the Carl Truman approach, I just don't think uh, works out uh, all that well. Uh, God bless. More coming. Bye now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.